Hello, darling. This is Elvira, Mistress of the Dark, and you're listening to the Nightmare Junkhead Podcast. What? Out of your consciousness, like a bad dream you can't wake from, this is the Nightmare Junkhead Podcast, a horror podcast that, to this day, still has issues discerning between escrow and principal. My name is Greg D. I'm Genius McGee. And on today's episode, we're closing out our month-long stay in the suburbs by letting Jack Tripper sell us a house as we close on 2000's Terror Tract. Come and knock at our door. <laughs> And whether or not you've scammed a landlord by pretending you're gay, you can listen into our show. <laughs> Simply search for Nightmare Junkhead wherever podcasts are played. Hit subscribe, and when we drop our latest episode, it will download directly to your listening device of choice. All up in your bobo hole. People forget they built an entire universe on that very premise. Right? When a man living with two females was controversial enough heavens right because it was the threes company then it had two spin-offs didn't have like threes a crowd and then the ropers had their own show yes they did and so like yeah it spawned off the whole like universe and if anything it's another chance to reference don knots exactly exactly nip it in the bud we're gonna go up to mount pilot and worship satan <laughs> now uh that being said uh, if you want to Cozy on down to the Regal Beagle with us and maybe <laughs> peruse the social media. Uh, you can follow us on Twitter at Nightmare Junk and on Facebook at Nightmare Junkhead. And it is on that book of face where we have an events tab, which leads to shenanigans and terrifying tales shenanigans. And if you live in the Kansas City area, all you need to go to is Screenland.com where you will find they have those killer time shenanigans taken care of indoors, outdoors, and virtually. And the Friday this is releasing. Yay, kitties! Our latest Friday Night Fright Genius is one that was an honorable mention in this year's Into the Mouth of March Madness tournament, mm-hmm. as it is celebrating its 40th year of terror and is indeed about our fellow friends here. Right? Well, see, here's the thing. Okay, so I, re- I remember seeing this movie in the theater, but I remember being bored out of my Gord. Well, considering it came out in 82, you would have like been... four or five, right? Yeah. When we went to go see it, I'm like, cat people, all right, cool, right? Because I thought, we thought it was going to be about people like me now who have a penchant for kitty cats, not like like that. And a it's a like, lurid tale? And What is it? An erotic thriller about the, fa- the animal and all of an us? An erotic fantasy. An erotic fantasy, yes. That, all shears that, that trailer still elicits <laughs> laughter especially the tagline on that uh this is going to be my first time viewing mm-hmm. and i just know it's the the horny one. yes yes i'll be this is pearls will be clutched mm-hmm. this is cats and heat people from what i'm understanding because i haven't seen it since but i heard that it's like yeah it's not a mcdowell come should, on should we put out the beaded curtains I think since this is maybe it's the classier uh-huh. side of Forty Second Street. Okay, but you guarantee this would have been a thrown in at a triple feature somehow mm-hmm. of Basket Case, this pieces, the gil- and Cat People, the gilded beaded curtains. This is the fancy one where it's got like little Oscars as the beads. <laughs> Ooh, that Paul Shear. So weird when we're going to have to explain the Paul Shear, Paul Schrader thing. But that leads me to I want to see Paul Shear doing the Paul whole heart. Paul Shear's hardcore. <laughs> sorry, sorry, folks. We will not go on to that riff that you see when you see us that night. But looking forward to next Friday night's fright. What's kind of cool? Speaking of cat people, sorry, my, Davey has a little mechanical oh. toy. It's a fish that flops around. Let me turn oh, it no, off. Oh, that's fine. I thought he was actually playing with it. He is. Oh, that's awesome. Oh, okay, they can't cool. hear it. Don't worry. All right, cool. Um, <laughs> so I like it when these moments happen on the show because it makes them part of it. Yeah. I, I Again, I embrace it. Biscuit, Davey, y'all are beloved. Beloved. Uh, but how things are shot <laughs> can change our perspective on how things are viewed. Um, it's become more popular now to re-release things in the black and white. Yes. 
Ooh, and sometimes it detours and sometimes it enhances. And one of the cases that it enhances is Mad Max uh, Black and Chrome. So I liked that. It didn't enhance it for me. Really? Really. It was for me. But what really enhanced it for me is the one we got coming up for next Friday, Night Frights. This movie is a fucking downer, and it's a (laughs) wonderful downer. This is like... Well, it's Stephen King approved. Yeah, very much so. Super Stephen King approved. But the black and white version of Frank Darabont's The Mist. I cannot wait. For me, when I saw it, it masked some of the... And I'm not going to call it dodgy CGI. Right, but it's style of the times. It was, and they did... There's a lot of practical in here, Mm -hmm. but it just... That enhances it for me, and it makes it feel more of... Sinister. And also akin to something you would have seen back in the 50s and 60s. Yeah. But with, you know, a nice veneer but of modern technology. Not to spoil it, but and I also think the black and white enhances the mood, especially at the end. I will say this. Uh, I have read the short story that it's based off of. It deviates from the source material. Stephen King said he dug that ending better than his ending. Really? Yeah. Yeah. So That's... this is beyond King approved. <laughs> and and, that... it, and well, it makes sense why. Well, of course. So. <laughs> it's the Darabont connection. Right. Someday we'll find it. The Darabont connection. The creep shows. The Walking Dead. And, and me. And don't forget Jeffrey DeMunn. Yes. Jeffrey DeMunn. <laughs> ah, I'm really looking forward to that. Now, the other repertory screenings that are happening the weekend of the 29th. Woo! Yes, yes. You can have a chance. And this is going to be a first time viewing for me, and I'm anxious to get the let out, but I'll be watching The Song Remains the Same. Nice. Which, have you seen that? Uh Uh-uh. Okay. But I like Zeppelin. Who doesn't? Yeah, that's true. Staple. Staple of my childhood on 98.9. Getting very regional here. And now it's on 101. Is it? Yeah. They, they transit. Well, yeah, it's always classic rock. That's true. But I understand it combines uh, concert footage and then I think like them being Vikings. Nice. Yeah. Nice. So, uh, but then also. <laughs> nice. No, I got it. Oh, thank you. Nothing. Okay, good. Stuff not that should not be on the show. Yeah. That is fair. That is fair. Now, the other repertory screening that is happening is a movie that is celebrating its 15th year. Uh, a movie I've only seen one time. I know this director is a favorite of Jill Gavargazian's The GGP, uh, David Fincher's Zodiac. I seen that. It's it's intense, no doubt. You've got a cavalcade of just really good character actors on top of some amazing needle drops, and all the while you have what's his bucket from Who Framed Rob Joe Rabbit, the voice, um, Charles Fleischer. Yes, being creepy as all get out. Huh. It's well worth your time if you have a chance to check it out. Definitely check it out. Now, a movie that is playing outdoors on Saturday. Yee! You know yeah. what? Why? Just In fact, just the other day, I was telling somebody that we should see uh, this movie with Francis. And Francis! <laughs> Hopefully, <laughs> you wouldn't sit next to us outdoors because as well-mannered as we are, it's, as all about etiquette as we are, it's it, peewee. It is peewee. It's peewee. It's peewee. I dare you to find a more perfect film than Peewee's Big Adventure. Mm-hmm. It's a great movie, and it just keeps knitting and knitting and knitting. Another movie that cemented my love of D. Snyder and Twisted Sister. Exactly, dude. Every time, don't you see no evil? I'm telling you. Next time, if we show a Godzilla movie for it's Friday part Night of the Pride, pre-show. yeah. I mean, seriously. Every day there's a Pee Wee reference. It's almost as bad as The Simpsons. It's it's it's, it's seeping its way in there, <laughs> right? It's just ridiculous. Now, of course, uh, all of those things are happening here at Screenland. And uh, if you don't live in the Kansas City area, and you're like, you know what, Screenland sounds pretty cool, and they are a mom and pop place here, very local. Mm-hmm. Uh, you can actually support them from afar in a couple of ways. Uh, you can go to ScreenlandOnline.com. Uh, you can rent a number of films from them directly, or even better. You can become a member of their film family by going to patreon.com slash screenland, where, amongst the many perks, we host a little movie party called the Shutter Shoutouts, mm-hmm. and our latest one is happening on the 30th. In fact, I'm actually going to dub this the um, Sieges 
a siege film set in a cool place double feature. Oh, nice. Because technically, if you yeah. look at both of them, mm-hmm. in a way, that's what's happening. Uh, we are going to be watching both Demons and Revealer. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I can't wait. Uh, two very cool movies about sieges and demons. Mm-hmm. It's pretty slick. Now, I'm really looking forward to that. Now, of course, those are both streaming on Shutter, but by joining the Screenland film family, you're going to have access to our Nightmare Junkhead home version. Mm-hmm. The home game. The home game. <laughs> Where we uh, provide a customized pre-show introduction by Genius and myself, mm-hmm. a trailer reel for each film, and of course, the scintillating post-film discussion. And I can't wait for that one. That's I don't want to say anything I, because I don't it's not yet, anything. but at the same time, if everything goes according to plan, we will have this will be our third in a row, our summer summer of um summer of celebrities, summer of the film family. Yeah, summer of the film family is going to be our third uh, with with a special guest. I'm really 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 looking forward to that. Me so too. If that sounds like something you'd be into, again, just go to patreon.com/screenland, but genius if I'm talking uh, Patreon and film family, Eve Bellies. We also have our own little freaky film family going on at Patreon and wanted to give a shout out to a member of our film family. Uh, you've, he's been on the show before. Mm-hmm. Uh, Dustin Matson, a.k.a. Rotten Roger DeMarco. <laughs> as many of you will probably know him. Uh, he and all of his crew, they're actually now uh, taping I should say filming. Fucking evil. Uh, Tapehead, The Return of Jacob Cobb. Oh, dude, it's going to be rad. That's going to be slick. Have you watched the, the? I guess it's kind of the short film, but it's an extended short film. Uh, a little bits of it. Okay. It's a lot of fun, man. It's, you can, <laughs> number one, they, they wear their homages on their sleeve. And the best part is the extra bonus features on the, on the disc, they have a making of. And I don't want to. I don't want this to sound that's insulting. Right. No, that's almost better than the movie. Like how well put together it is. It's incredible. So using that as a double feature, if you can, buy a Blu-ray if you can from them. Anything that. Um, so it's like their full tilt boogie. It is. Oh, it's very much so. And just to see them, because they're like you and me. Yeah. They they're love fucking, the extra. Well, they're fucking they're rad. Good. I mean, like. Oh no, I'm not saying that we're not as rad as they are, but no. they're, they're they love extra features. Yeah. They love all that stuff, so they knew how to invest in it. No, it's so much fun. So check it out because all investments go into the making of the return of Jacob Cobb. And here, I don't want to spoil anything, but he's summoned by using one of those rewinding machines. Nice, of course, it, of course. Yeah, if you if you know their veneer and aesthetic, of it's course. perfect for them. So yeah, I wanted to give them a shout out because I know they are filming that as we speak, so I'm really anxious for them to be able to unleash it upon the general populace. So uh, if you would like us to wax your car a little and give you a little shout out, uh, we'll do that for free, mm-hmm. of course. But by joining our film family at patreon.com slash nightmarejunkhead, We'll do that for any of the tiers, from the Squidly Diddly to the I've Seen That to the Another Time. Another place. I wanted to shout them all out this time. Absolutely. I always exclude the I've Seen That tier because it's confusing because I've that's, seen that. it's, and it's a tier and then also like it's something you get at the Squidly Diddly level. Right. With a, come on out. We got a lot of good we stuff. Got, we got you. a lot of good stuff. Every tier for every flavor. Don't dream it, be it. Oh, God. <laughs> well, speaking of weirdness. Before we close out our month-long look into suburbia, I want to talk about last week's episode. Uh-huh. <laughs> we <laughs> finally brought in David Lynch. Uh-huh. Gentlemen, it was a pleasure. <laughs> and I only say that because I feel like this was the one and only podcast that could have been directed by David Lynch in terms of the the recording of it there was no like weird slimy babies or anything like that nothing like that nothing like that but the circumstances of when it was recorded the build-up everything that happened so you were on the men's Mm -hmm. for a while we were actually recording virtually for a couple weeks everything came good Mm -hmm. our plan was to record at screenland um on friday a day we normally release before friday night frights and then we're good right right no problem. So I get a text from Genius. He's like, hey, um, I might re- need to start recording a little bit later, maybe. And I've got company. 
<laughs> now, right off the bat, not necessarily my radar goes off, but it's very rare for you to mention something like that because I assume Dustin will be there. I right. assume, you know, Diana will be there. But company. Or I'll say, like, hey, D's coming. Or, like, hey, uh, yeah. or But not company. Not three's company in this case. Come and knock at our door. That's called callback. It was two's company. Mm-hmm. So explain a little bit of what was happening. So at so about maybe 15, 20 years ago, so my mom had a dance student live with us for about nine months. He was studying um, here, but he was also teaching dance classes because mm-hmm. my mom taught dance classes and she's, it, she's a, a freaking legend right uh, 50 years plus in the dancing Dude, she is, so she's amazing yeah so that so that was about 15 20 years ago flash forward he he's been in contact with mom over the couple of months and he goes hey we're coming to kansas city for a royals game we're going to be there xyz days we're going to come if it's okay they're going to stay and then a week ago, week prior, mom just got over with COVID. As again, the, yeah, you. Got- the day that they came was the last day that I was off quarantine, right? So it was already like, okay, cool. They're like, we want to do something, and I felt kind of not bad for them because it was, it was his name was Daniel and his wife, and they're charming, and we'll get to them, and we'll get to oh, another they come story. back to it. They, they come, come back, back to, to it, them, yeah. but this is the Friday night fright. And then he had his two daughters, and his daughters were 19 and 20, mm-hmm. and one was Daniela and one was uh, Diana. And I was like, look, it's Friday night. They're on vacation. Mom's going to just show dancing things. I know they're not going to want to do it. I'm showing scary movies. Uh, Diana's trying to learn English because she just got accepted to college. Way to go, Diana. Congratulations. I doubt, she, I doubt she's listening after what she saw. But <laughs> so... So <laughs> it's not that bad, folks. And so, <laughs> so I'm like, okay, cool. If originally, we were going to record at 7. Friday Night Frights doesn't get going until about 9.30 after our yakety smack 10.45, right? So <laughs> at least it feels like it. So, <laughs> so I'm like, I can't make them sit around and do bullshit for an hour. So, hey, can we push it back? And I'm going to bring them with me because... It was like, mom's like, oh, I'll take him. Like, no, you'll have to leave at the same time that I'm leaving before I record if you want to get on time for the movies, right? You'll get lost on the way back. No, no, no. I'm not going to make Daniel do it because he doesn't know where the fuck he's going, right? right? I'll do it. And I said, do you mind if I uh, take you with me? You're going to sit down on a podcast for only about an hour, and then after that we'll see the movie. Oh, it's good, <laughs> right? That's sad, right? <laughs> we'll get to that (laughs) right and so so diana's trying to learn english daniela gives two shits right (laughs) (laughs) she gives two shits i mean she's okay but she's just on her phone the whole entire time so they come and sit down and now now right off the bat though right off the bat i didn't know that they were going to sit in with us i had assumed you would have set them up with some drinks and snacks, and they would have just chilled out in the lobby on their phones. That's what I assumed. They're younger. I just assume all young people are attached to their right. phones, right? Well, you I know? didn't want to. Normally, if like. Again, that's my my bad, my assumption. And normally, if it was like somebody I knew, and they're like, yeah, I'm cool, yeah. right? But it, I don't know no. them. Again. They don't know. They're from Mexico. That's I mean, they're, true. From you a, don't... they're from Chihuahua, Mexico. They're from the heart of fucking Mexico, right? And so, like, they don't know dick. And so I'm like, I'm not just going to leave them high and dry in there. Plus, I kind of feel responsible. Sure. I don't want nothing to happen. Absolutely. No, you don't want to have to go take it. Right. I don't know who you are. <laughs> My only set of skills is really kind of talking. Bad, so. bad Spanish. Right. So so the, right off the bat. El elefante. El azul. A, a rosa one. I haven't seen you in a while. <laughs> Here comes Genius. Here comes his two friends. Now, also it should be noted that... It's a little little cluttered at the time. It used to be really open and spacious, but yes. because of the bar opening, the bar opening, there, yes, a lot of stuff got moved in there. So shout we out to move. the rewind video bar. Hell yeah, it's fun. And so they're like, <laughs> I'm like, okay, you wanna you wanna come sit down? Oh yeah, it's good. Like, okay, cool. I'm sure when they open up, it's like, oh, it's bad. It's bad. Because like, did you see we- the black couch? It's bad. 
Did you explain to them what to expect? No, because, because then I'm also well. I, I I did sort of. I didn't exp- I didn't explain to them that the they were going to be in fucking the 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 taken back office because right? I am. I didn't want to say, hey, we're going to go record in a back office with a black couch, and you're going to sit and you're going to watch. I didn't. I didn't know. I, but I kind of tried to. But then also understand, I am like I'm very casual, so I am in my cutoffs. I'm got I'm covered in tattoos. I don't know if they, if they, I mean, just again, I'm imagining them. They're I feel bad for them because that's a lot to take in. Right. So immediately I feel awkward because, as I understand, again, little to no communication. So in my mind, I'm feeling bad for them automatically. <laughs> like, why do I'm those poor girls having to sit through our BS, where we're just and. I'm swearing more than usual. Right, because we're talking Blue Velvet. I'm you quoting the movie. Right, you can't... You book anything that moves, right? And you're being your normal self on right. top of the quoting. You book anything that moves! So it's <laughs> F this, F that. And so in my head... And I'm not engaging them in conversation because I feel bad because I feel like if I'm looking at her, she's going to feel awkward. She's going to be engaged too. Like, oh yeah, it's good. It's bad. And and it, or like, I, don't you fucking look at me. Okay, okay. I don't look. You exactly. Know? Exactly. <laughs> like, no, 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 no. I guarantee you, they've never seen Blue Velvet. All they know is this guy in short shorts with tattoos. And saying, don't this... you fucking look. Now it's dark. <laughs> and then because they were both. And, and I'm over there. Candy color cloud. So I already feel awkward. I feel like at a moment's notice, as you said, one of them would have got up and started dancing and it would have been fine. I wouldn't have blinked an eye at that point. And so I would I felt All of a sudden a little person starts walking in backwards and speaking in tongues and shit. <laughs> I felt like I had that like Sutter Kane moment when I was driving to your house. But then at that moment though, and I felt I don't want to say I felt rushed. But we were we had to get out but for Friday like, night frights. Get out of here, right? And I felt bad for them because I'm like, this has to be as awkward for them as it was for me. I felt really bad for them, so it added to this layer of weirdness. And I don't want to say I'm covering my butt on whatever I said, but you can't because you're in your short shorts. <laughs> <laughs> so my apologies to them if they're listening. I am so sorry. We'll no, try this again. No, 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 no. So the next day. <clears throat> Oh, and, they, and did they enjoy Eight Legged Freaks? That's so. Then that's another thing. They were like, because I was like asking Diana, "What's your favorite movie?" She goes, "Oh, I like that movie Titanic. It's my favorite." And I'm like, "Cause her movie Titanic." Hey, I like Titanic, right? And I'm like, "Cool." I'm like, "Do you like horror movies?" She goes, "Jizz. I like I like spookies." And I'm like, "Okay, cool, cool. We can we can see some spooky movies, right?" And so, and later on, I asked her, "Did you like the movie?" She goes. It, it, the movie was funny. I like the big spiders. And I'm like, what do you think, Daniela? It's good. I had a good time. It, I like movie. I'm I, like, okay, cool. That, so I'm glad that that night had a happy ending. Well, then I asked her, so like, you know, I said, hey, so what you, you know, thank you for sitting there. Just She goes, oh, no. She goes, I, and I'm with my broken Spanish and her broken English. We managed to talk. Sure. And we have you can still communicate. Right. And she was like, I didn't understand everything, but what I did is funny. And I'm like, okay, well, I'm glad you, I'm glad you had, did you have a good time at least listening. She goes, yes, I, I know about podcasts. Okay. And I'm like, awesome. Okay, cool. Awesome. So she probably subscribes to a whole bunch of Mexican podcasts that we don't even fucking know. Of course, about, of course. Right? No, that's so she's so she's literally watching the sausage being made. It's just in a different language. Certainly. It's like when you stumble across those like industrial videos from Germany. Sure. Like, and they're just like making coffee. Well, if anything, visually, at least that was somewhat arresting. So the next day at the party. So so the next day we're having like, because it's Daniel's birthday, coincidentally. So we're having a little celebration. Happy belated birthday. Mm-hmm. And so... Somehow the conversation talked about me singing goofy songs and shit, right? And um, my mom was like, yeah, she's always singing this song. I'm like, la, 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 la. Play, play the song. La, la. And I'm like, you mean the blah, 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 right? And she goes, yeah, yeah, yeah. So I pulled up that song. And I go, let me see. And I showed it to Daniel. And Daniel's like, Bud Spencer and Terrence Hill? And I'm like. 
Yeah. And he goes, in this movie, there's a song about a dune buggy that they sing the whole movie, right? And I go, that's exactly it. That's that's it. And he goes, this movie's funny. And they go, I know, this movie's hilarious. And he goes, yeah. Of all the things I am thankful I was able to introduce to you into your life <laughs> is Terrence Hill and Bud Spencer, and especially Watch Out, We're Mad. Right. The very fact that that connection was made Oh, that is amazing. Yeah. That is rad. so... It was rad. It was Cross-international barter. Oh, my God. Fucking la, 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 la. Fucking that's the international language. Fucking <laughs> physical comedy. I, it, cinema brought everything together. Mm-hmm. That's... I, I'm glad everything worked out at the end. <laughs> Much better than everything in the kind of with Blue Velvet. Yeah. Well, oh, everything worked down the end in Blue Velvet. So what is Don't You Fucking Look at Me in Spanish? Can you give me an approximation? No, uh, yeah. Let me move my broken Spanish. Don't you look at me is uh, no me veo. Okay. No me veo, but don't fucking... Um, ching, no te chingaste me veo. I like it. I like it. Oh, boy, oh, boy. Sorry, that was a while to get into here. <laughs> so we are closing out our time in suburbia, genius. Mm-hmm. And from movies that are beloved by both of us... Mm-hmm. Uh, to what was a first-time watch for me, at least with this episode, I've really actually enjoyed my time. Me too. It's not. I, don't, I can't say suburbanite with such disdain as much because <laughs> suburbs ain't look so bad. I ain't going. But yeah, that's the thing. We ain't staying. <laughs> we ain't staying. I'll go visit. I'll go. I'll go hang out. I'll go to a barbecue. But like, I'll. Uh, I gotta bounce. I gotta go back home. Gotta so. go. Get back to the, to the city. <laughs> No, but when we talked, when you said, like, hey, let's do Suburban Month, and I'm mm-hmm. like, all right, cool. I know the perfect movie. And when you laid the, the title on me, you know, Terror Tract, I had that blank stare. I was like, wait, what? Mm-hmm. And you're like, oh, no, Terror Tract. And you went into the spiel, and I'm like, the second you said John Ritter, that's all you have to say. Right. I'm in. I'm in. Because John Ritter and horror is a great combination. It's a great combination. He and just John Ritter in anything. In anything. In anything. And he has been part of my life, at least for Forever. The, since I since I was a little kid, old enough to remember watching TV to doing this stuff now. Mm-hmm. Through the sitcom work with Three's Company. And you talk about another time. Another place. It's <laughs> just in terms of the, the the attitudes towards sex. Oh, the, I remember flipping through the channels and like, hey, what's this? Don't change the channel. Oh yeah, it's, that's, that's, again, it was Baudry. Like, dirty. I'm like okay. Uh, but his pratfalls as Jack Tripper, I mean, they were legendary. Mm-hmm. Uh, he was such a good physical comedian, but you could also tell there was probably something under there as well. Because again, as we know, the, the the saddest people are the best comedians. So there's some pathos involved with that. But then he would branch out and he would do movies. And in fact, I saw, and you we've talked, we were talking off mic on this, the awkward family viewings back in the day where your parents took you to the movies. <laughs> and sometimes we didn't necessarily know the content of the film. And I don't know if it was a movie I wanted to watch, but now thinking about um, it, our Burbs commentary and. I uh, the, my mom in the swimsuit doing the <laughs> I don't I'm assuming now looking at the content of this film it was probably something my mom and dad wanted to watch uh, but we saw Blake Edwards Skin Deep in the theater now you have not seen this one no okay good anyone out there that has seen it they're probably laughing really loud right now because it's a very it's a Baudry film uh-huh. but is it's, it like a boner jam like an adult boner jam it's Blake Edwards kind of a boner jam yeah. it is a jo- uh, John Slash Ritter degree boner jam shenanigan boner jam well there are there's shenanigans like he gets invited to a, a party someone said it was a costume party and he it wasn't so he's in like a genie outfit and no one's else and he rubs the lamp he's like get me the fuck out of here but he's this uh he's very much a he's a writer kind of down on his luck bottom line he's Having sex with a lot of women. What he has sex with one of the American gladiators. Like she poses. You see her naked. Starla. <laughs> it may have been Star. I think it was Zap. Ah. I think it was Zap. But more importantly, can you imagine like like fornicating in one of those big spears in the Eliminator? You know the, the American gladiators. You know those big spears. Dun, 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 dun. Like just the whole. Like that's a whole different shit. kink, I think, my friend. That I I know. Get, 
The kink is when you do it on the uh, the obstacle course at the end. Kink is when you had that guy shooting tennis balls at your ass while you're trying to pound away. Oh that's God. that's kink. This episode has gone so far off. I apologize if this is any if this is their first episode. <laughs> I know, right? My God, I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry. But needless to say, and it's not going to get any better with this. What I'm about to ex- talk about. There's a moment where the characters. Uh, there's a guy, guy, gal in the bedroom. You, it goes blank. You can't see anything. And he's like, oh, I'm going to put on this rubber. And they, they, they say something that it activates its glow in the dark. Mm-hmm. So pure black. You see this like little green whoop, come up. <laughs> Looks like a little lightsaber. It's wiggling back and forth. People are giggling. Everyone's laughing. I'm laughing because I'm just imagining it's a lightsaber. Right. Not really necessarily knowing what's happening when, wait, where'd the lightsaber go? Oh, there it is. Wait, where'd it go again? Oh, there it is. Where'd it go again? Well, this other guy walks in the room. He puts on another one as well. It's a red one. And need, eventually, they're having a battle with the lightsabers. So I'm laughing my ass off because I'm just imagining Luke and Vader, what have you. But I get, and all the adults are imagining Luke and Vader. And uh, yeah. Well, and I don't know. I have to assume I was the only kid at that thing. But for me, it was, it was just Jack Ritter doing his thing. It was just an extension of that. Yeah. So again, he's had a very formative effect on my life at this point. So when you said John Ritter, John, uh, John Ritter, but so, I'm in. I'm yeah. in. That being said, <laughs> he was up fornicating a large woman in the women's dressing room. Again, he he knew he knew genre, he, and he was friends with everyone. Yeah, he was. I know him and Bailey Bob were tight. Mm-hmm. And it was just, I mean, it was a loss, obviously. When he, in fact, was it the eight rules to date? Like, yeah, to my eight simple rules for dating my teenage daughter. I mean, and he, he was passed and, working yeah, up until up until. Yeah, it was so so many generations have and the, I nary an ill thing was said, you know, oh. everybody you talked to and talked about how genuine and, and love and lovable and how great of a guy he was. Yeah. So. And so it's we lament the loss of someone like that, but he still is with us and mm-hmm. so cool to have a first time viewing with him involved. Of a John Ritter movie. Yeah. Where he's basically the Crypt Keeper. Yes. It's wonderful. Terror Tract from the year two. From the year 2000. From the year 2000. So sorry. Never heard of it. We looked in maybe straight to video. I think it was a USA original. Ah. I think because I remember when I saw it was on USA. And you had the interest. You thought initially maybe it was a. I thought it was a Commander USA one, but the timeline doesn't work if it was made in 2000. But it has that late 90s feel. Well, it, it also kind of has a 2000 feel as well. It does, especially with the animal trauma. We got to put right this off right the off the bat. There is a lot of animal trauma in this movie, both inflicted upon and inflicted by animals. That guy from the state would dig the monkey, monkey torture. torture. It's I I think you mentioned there was a little bit UA. I think you said there's a little bit of like But cat. it's done in, in See, it's it's not a lot of the it's not gratuitous. It's not gratuitous. And a lot of the actual violence is done off screen. But you see the aftermath or you see like what's about to happen. And it's done comically. Oh, and and the thing about it is the comedy works. And so that's kind of like in Stitches. Yeah. When he was swinging the cat around, like, oh, and I'm the last one to laugh at kitty drama. And let that and it should be known at this point. You are sensitive oh i'm a cat dad 100 percent cat dad <laughs> and which is beautiful to watch now especially when we haven't seen a movie and we're like oh no is something bad gonna happen right here? but dogs something... get it birds get it cats, cats get, get it. it monkeys get it dude it's it's all over the place so if you're <laughs> super sensitive to that you might want to sit this one out yeah you might well just want to or at least fast forward a couple of parts so it goes it goes all over this place but it is an anthology mm-hmm and it is, in its essence, he is uh, taking a prospective couple house hunting. Mm-hmm. And every house tells a story. And he tells the story of the house. And we have three tales of terror in this tract. And interestingly enough, from the beginning of the movie. It's animal drama. Also, we had that nice Rick Dalton moment. Yeah, I was like, wait till you see who's in the cast. Because from the get-go, it's like, okay, cool. John Ritter, no from the get-go. Like, cool, it's Peter DeLuise. 
David DeLuise. Oh, David DeLuise. Oh, wait. No, no, no. That Peter, not Dom. It was David. David. It was the the. It was one of the DeLuise. One the younger DeLuise. Uh huh. You gotta love the DeLuise crime uh, crime family acting family. But fresh out of the dentistry in Seinfeld, we get a young Brian Cranston. Fucking Walter White. That was a surprise. And then now for an even better surprise and now brian cranston is going to be the populist rick dalton moment mm-hmm. but buff bagwell <laughs> is going to be the very niche rick dalton moment yep because unless you were a fan of wcw or a fan of um uh, andy sedaris's day of the warrior you're not going to know who that guy is so that was the perfect way to start this movie off to put a smile on my face and go okay i'm in i'm and, in and also the fact that the background images were just Regular like neighborhood watch, crosswalks, happy families, but then bum 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 bum. And we've established the entirety of this month. Uh, you know, it's all about the veneer. Mm-hmm. You know, it's what is behind the the house, what is beneath the yard. And this one is very blue velvet esque in terms of the beginning as well, because we get that establishing shot where it's low to the ground. Mm-hmm. We see the insects initially. Then we get to the animal trauma. So basically, it goes up the food chain until it meets car, and then it goes back to the food chain. And you're like, "God damn, God damn!" I even seen you go, "Holy shit!" on that first one. I had a reaction, and that's a good thing. I but like it, that. But it's funny. It's it's well, it's well. I mean, it was more shocking than funny. I think because like, oh, that's where we're going to go. That's where we're going now. Okay, and because then Ritter's like, "Oh, this is a great neighborhood." Boom, boom, boom. What was that? I don't know. Like, holy shit. And Ritter is wonderful in this oh, movie. Oh, he's great in this one. He's he, great in this movie. He has such warmth to him. But like any great character actor, he can go from like mirthful to mayhem on just a snap. Mm-hmm. And he can be very menacing as well. And what I also like is his story and the couple's story is the wraparound we get in this. But our first tale is one that's old as time. And it's the the cheating wife, mm-hmm. the affair, yes. the affair gone wrong, which we've and I'm going to say this right now. I got a lot of creep show one vibes from this segment. Mm-hmm. I got a lot of creep show two vibes mm-hmm. from this segment. In fact, if you were to take uh, something to tide you over meets the hitchhiker. Yes. Yeah. You kind of have this movie have or this segment going on here. And that is I say that in high regards because. I'm not going to lie, this one started a little slow, a little mean, and a little meandering. Mm-hmm. But when the bits and pieces of that, of, you know, something to tide you over, and then, you know, the hitchhiker hit, I'm like, oh, ooh, okay, that's good. Uh, also, a rare film to not necessarily show or display, but, uh, you know, little cunnilingus action going on yeah, the, you don't we, we always like you know to equal opportunity oral satisfaction <laughs> but i was like oh ooh. baldry it's the usa networks and that's just it I, I kept that in the back of my mind did we we got i don't want to be no pervy, we didn't but see any boob it was side so, boob yeah we got okay. side boob and okay. you can show side boob so basically on usa basically basically all the violence you see because we see a lot of aftermath but all the violence in this is stuff you would see just barely pushing the boundary of what you could show on USA 2000. Yeah. Because we don't see any actual, until like some of the very ends, we don't see any actual like heads being chopped off or bu- bullets being blown. A lot of it's either done. We see the aftermath. Yeah. There's the blood the splatter. splatter. That's so fair. So a lot That's of fair. it is like, I don't want to say basic cable because it, but, there's, but there's gore and horror in this. There's a lot of gore and horror. Yeah, in this. a lot there's... more for for a made for TV movie because I'm thinking it is. Well, we it, if we were a real first rate podcast, we would have researched that. Research. <laughs> we're going more for the feel because I should say we also just watched the movie as well, and it was so funny though because throughout the film you're like, I don't remember that. Oh God, you were having kind of those flashbacks because mm-hmm. it's been a while. So you get inevitably in this first one. Like I said, it was the one that if I'm a not gonna lie it was my least favorite right i think that's why they put it first you know it made sense because like next to her crazy and don't get me wrong i liked the performances uh in fact one of the the, the, the officer clay what do you call clay, him doc, uh, detective creepy because you said i think he was a combination of he was a do- combination of horace pinker and dave bautista it you're not wrong you're not wrong uh, apparently he's done 
a number of voice acting roles. Like he's big in voice acting. He sounds like it too. He's got the voice for. He's a lot of the Batman films like actually. Having an affair. It's and that's what it plays out. In fact, technically, the husband was right. Yeah. In terms of hu- how everything played out, and the husband got what he wanted in the end, and it was just like Jesus. So yeah, it very much felt like a Cronenberg combination of those two creep show segments. And I don't get me wrong. Again, not saying that because it's my least favorite. It's mm-hmm. a you know slam against it. You know, I just had to like one the least, and then it just happened to be the one. Yeah. Although um, there was a lot of jump scares in this movie, and a couple of them got me really good. Like the one of the nightmare sequence. One you of were the like, nightmare sequence, like shit. That, like, got, that me. got me. That got me. <laughs> I mean, I'll open up if it gets me good. That one got me good. But um, no, that one. <laughs> it was very mean at the end, and it especially was- like when the reveal of what she actually did, and you're like. <laughs> sucks to be you nerd and then it's tough it's tough and that's not played mirthfully no it's played deadly serious it's super played deadly serious which is almost the outlier for the rest of the movie and i was prepared for that but then the second segment was a little bit more slapsticky in a way and it brought us back to the whole nope conversation Boy, oh boy, let me just tell you something. And again, if you haven't seen Jordan Peele's Nope yet, please check it out. It is well worth your time. But there is an extended sequence set at a sitcom that there are already think pieces being written about how terrifying it is and how uh, how on the nose it is regarding, you know, Hollywood exploitation. But more the through line is it's a trauma traumatic scene. Let me tell you, I ran a poll, uh, Sir Genius, on our, our Twitter. Did any of you, did any, did you or anyone in your theater laugh during the Gordy sequence? And nope. <laughs> now, an overwhelming majority of people said no. There were a few yeses. And I'm not saying that someone stuffed a ballot, Genius and Dustin. <laughs> but overwhelmingly, people are saying that is the most messed up scene in the world. <laughs> if you go to Patreon, you'll you'll understand what happened there. But yes, it was nice to see a little monkey in the backyard. And but off the get go, based on that, no, we're like no, no, no. I love monkeys. I wanted a pet monkey for the longest time, but not a random ass monkey. And more importantly, not a random ass monkey in wearing suit. the get up. Yes, we're wearing the organ grinder suit. And we were talking off mic. Let's bring that up. Younger listeners, I do you know what an organ grinder is? We often talk about like the age of demarcation in terms of our references. I would assume people still know the organ grinding monkey, but we grew up on the cartoons with that mm-hmm. and the occasional circus. Yes, and the occasional like you know, and they got rid of a lot of the animals for the circus. So mm-hmm. I'm curious. So any, any younger listeners out there, let us know is the organ grinding monkey. Because if you say grinder and monkey now, that's like an there, entirely yeah, different especially context. Especially like the monkey grinder. There's two, there's two monkey grinders. There's one that hurts the animal and there's one that might hurt the animal's feelings. So like there's, <laughs> so you gotta watch out for the, for the grinder. So needless monkey. to say, it's trouble when they show up looking like that. Right, yeah. Okay? Especially out of nowhere. In your backyard, in the suburbs. In the suburbs. Where there monkeys was, don't belong. No, and there was a moment that, where um, John Ritter says something about um, this 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 stuff happens sometimes here in yeah. the burbs, in the suburbs. And it's like, yes, but from the getting... I, we live in the city. If no I monkey see, should show up there. 20 days later starts with that. Exactly. Let's bring him in the house. No, no. no. You know, even begging for your faces to be eaten off, or at least like your fingers bitten off. Mm-hmm. And the, as much as I love animals, if any random ass animal, I would kind of think twice before I'm like, "Hey, come on into the house." Please aside, we don't know. As Brian Cranston said, it just feels like it's evil. And welcome to the podcast, Brian Cranston. Yeah, just which was again. One of the movies that I'm like, I can't believe I'm not familiar Brian with. Brian Cranston versus a monkey. Oh, this is... Pray for Mojo. Just like... <laughs> I believe you coined the term Breaking Bobo. Breaking Bobo. Um, This one also borrows heavily in terms of an homage to another great segment from another horror anthology, mm-hmm. uh, but Tales from the Dark Side's The Cat. 
Also throwing monkey shines. And George Romero's monkey shines. Yeah, they're given a lot of Romero love. Mm -hmm. And this one is equal parts zany. It's equal parts mean. It's very mean, but it's also, like you said, goofy and silly and... But also kind of like... But approached deadly serious. But you can only be so serious when you've got a rabid monkey on your back and you're yeah. wiggling around like Bruce Campbell. <laughs> and you're shooting around. Yeah, getting smashed into walls and stuff. But again, animal trauma. Well, it first starts where the dog is introduced to the monkey. And I am sympathetic to the dog because I guarantee Charlie would react the same way. Right, it's a monkey. Yes, and... The biscuit monkey... would act the same way. If a monkey came to that house, Biscuit would either tear the fuck out or tear it the fuck up. So, like, because it cuts in, da-da, and he cuts up, da-da, and he cuts out. Yes, he do. Yes, he do. And he reacts appropriately. He hops to the very top, goes across, and we he, he Donkey Kongs the dog. He fucking just takes, like, fucking, like, he's the raven. He takes the bust of palace that's bust upon the... Uh, Chester drawers, and he just fucking Rains aims it down it and at him, wham, and hits the dog, and you're like, "God damn!" And I, I knew the dog was okay, and I, I it made me giggle a little. I feel like, bad. I like, feel bad because he went boom, boom, and you're like, <laughs> but that just is the appetizer for what inevitably comes because there's almost this weird connection between. Princess, uh-huh. drink every time Brian Cranston says princess. princess. My God, but a connection between the little girl and the monkey, and that it's almost like a manifestation of her in a way. But it's it's very much a real monkey. Mm-hmm. But he's protective of the girl. He's he's very um when the girl's upset, the monkey comes upset. upset. Yeah, yeah, because it's very um uh, symbiotic, very uh, brood esque uh-huh. in a way. He's a rage monkey manifestation. Look at my children. <laughs> Right and like, she's well, like, look at the monkey queen. Oh God. <laughs> well, and then the monkey violence and shenanigans enhances because then Brian Cranston realizes that I've got to get the monkey out of here. Mm-hmm. It's, it's you know he's putting a rift between. Well, you know what? Fuck that little girl though. Like he goes, okay, we can keep the monkey until we find the owner, right? And she's like, you said we could keep him until we can find the owner. You said we could keep him. Like yeah, but not inside the house. It's a fucking monkey, a surprise monkey. This is why I don't have kids. Yeah. Not saying that movies like this, you know, reinforce that, but common sense suggests keep him out. Again, certain animals aren't meant to be domesticated. Right, exactly. But <laughs> but in this case, some we assume some poor Italian grinder out there is minus his monkey. Where's a bobo? Where's my monkey? Right, and he's just like sitting there sad. I'm like, so <laughs> inevitable. tiempo aquí. And just like. <laughs> so inevitably, uh, the tensions arise to the point that you got to bring in a professional. Uh, he's called the cops. Mm-hmm. Cops are like, cops nope. are just like, that ain't our problem. Not our problem. He calls in an exterminator. Pest control. Buff Bagwell, monkey hunter. Wow. Buff Bagwell. And it's just so random with Buff Bagwell. Again, See, I- that makes me think that it is definitely more of a USA Made for USA movie because they had that partnership with the Rastlins. No, that's true. That's true. Yeah, I, I, and don't get me wrong, he's had cinematic experience before. Oh yeah. Again, he's part of the NWO. He actually had a really cool finisher back in the day. It was like this flipping neck breaker that he went off the second turnbuckle and flipped over. It's like mm-hmm. legit good because he's a he's big, a big dude. He's both Bagwell. He's got that that just just like immaculate facial hair he's got that weird baby face in this movie he's like super fucking young well and then also what did we say there was those high waters he was rocking <laughs> he plays this like mercenary ex-mercenary exterminator and he is rocking some like flood pants everything's coming up bagwell right and so like <laughs> and needless to say he gets dis well dispatched he's dispatched and but it's played for laughs oh every dispatch is kind of played for laughs with the well it, i mean even the even even the dog no the, with the dog dispatching is the most traumatic because again you see the aftermath you you see this tiny little knife the dog's laying in blood so it's messed up believe mm-hmm. me there are certain members of our field family i guarantee not like this movie no stay away so stay away from this movie if you're but the but Buff Bagwell one. He went Michael Myers on his yes, ass. Yes, he did. He went, he went the crow. <laughs> St- little monkey stabbing in or every organ in alphabetical order. You know, monkey it's... Drama. M- <laughs> monkey drama. Monkey drama. 
So you realize he's kind of met his match. He inevitably goes off the deep end. He starts going, it's mono y mono with the monkey. Uh, the vi- the wife the entire time. God damn it. She's so com- just, just like casual. What's the matter with the monkey? You know, it's like, what's happening? If, if murders are happening you and monkeys randomly appear, your reaction shouldn't be, what happened? We need to we need to escalate a little, right? And even the point where he's firing a shotgun in the At house, them like a foot away from them. Uh, hey, what's what are you happening? Doing? Why do you have the gun out? And he's like, I'll explain later. No, at this point, you should say, no. There's a fucking monkey killed my goddamn dog and a professional fucking wrestler. So we need to get the fuck out of town. Yeah, it's one of those. <laughs> yeah, it's legit, kind of funny, but then. Again, it, this monkey is a line stepper, man. Like habitual, habitual line stepper. Line stepper. He's like, "Fuck your couch, fuck your house, fuck your kid, f your wife." Yeah, fuck your wife. Slap. And we have. I want. I don't. He's oh, an God. Italian grinder monkey, right? So an Italian mon- a grinder monkey would do what Italian monkeys do, and we've seen it in phenomena. Yes, we do. So Italian monkeys are going to slice people with the fucking straight razor. And we do have Chekhov's straight razor in mm-hmm. this. We start everything off with him shaving. And it's so blatant now when you think about yeah. it. And he's, you know what? He's over there pulling John Saxon with those little monkey fez going like, look, it stays on. It stays on. Right? <laughs> he's got little, little tiny, tiny, tiny black gloves. Uh, and just going. <laughs> but the don't, fact that don't we. Don't torture a monkey. <laughs> and we were i think we were realizing at the same time going like a wait a minute monkey. It's, it's so perfect. we need more jello monkeys the only thing that was missing was eye trauma yeah exactly he's not quite he's not quite faulty jello monkey he's more argent well uh, we still would need more more trauma yeah maybe like maybe one of his kills if there's a sequel he puts like spiders in people's mouths or something and everything again is played serious and straight but it's monkeys. But it's it's it, apes are popping, and it's it's just it. But it's still mean though at the end because <laughs> yeah, at the very end of the day, you still have like an almost almost an entire family slaughtered. The little girl is catatonic, and the monkey is still on the loose. That's like the bad neighborhood monkey. Whatever happened to the monkey? Oh, he's far away from here now. Yeah, yeah, no, and that's it. Dude, he becomes an urban legend. Mm-hmm. Oh, watch out for that monkey. He's gonna come and fuck you up. Oh my god, that's terrifying. Which leads us to our last segment. And this one, I remember gl- glancing at something and I saw this image. And I don't know if this was the kind of the image that was sold on the movie, but I just saw this granny looking character. The granny killer. The granny killer. And this one has a granny killer, but it also then adds this level of. And it's uh, not a killer of grannies. No. It's a granny that's a killer. Or at least a guy dressed up as a granny. With. With a frightening mask. Very frightening. That was kind of under... Whole, like, Come to Granny. Come to Henrietta. Very like... Was Ted Raimi playing that? You know what? Pro- probably. probably. It is USA. <laughs> it might be a Renaissance picture. But I thought that a la uh, Curtains has that kind of really weird... But this is that stark white hair. Mm-hmm. The wrinkly in the face. like, And also a variety of killing tools, I guess. Yeah. There was a lot of different. He didn't. Re- the Iranian killer didn't rest on their laurels. There was all blunt, stabby instrument or stabby, stabby instruments, but not like he didn't just pull up pieces and pull out a chainsaw. He had like <laughs> butcher knives and cleavers, the cleaver, and, and yeah, all sorts of goodies. Yeah, but the idea is this granny killer has been going around killing women, and this kid has a psychic connection with him, and he's talking to his the psychiatrist. So he's basically giving you the backstories and all these flashbacks and it's happening up until now, and he's having. Like nightmares and dreams and shit. And we almost a, got done. We almost gonged the bell on that one. Both I I'm not saying I had the mallet in hand. But I was getting ready too. But then I remembered USA and I was like, dude, if it if, if we, they haven't showed boobs, we're yeah. not gonna show dong. Because this is two thousand USA. But that should be said. It was close enough that we had we were on mm-hmm. the ready. We were mm-hmm. on the ready. But there's um there's they show him having these 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 psychic visions and it's unpleasant. And it's always at the most inopportune times like when he's driving but at the same time (laughs) now let me just say this let me just say this i really wish this would have come out before showgirls (laughs) because he's having a kyle mclaughlin nomi uh you know yeah reaction 
That is some uh, some thrashing. It's hilariously bad though, because like you feel terrible for him, but at the same time, because he's playing sexy Marco Polo with his sexy teenage girlfriend, right? And he, they're like, ah, he's she's the first girl, of Marco Polo, Marco Polo, right? And it's just that whole thing. And they're starting kissing, and then oh, he starts like like spazzing out because it's his vision, right? And then you see the granny killer. She's like, ah, you're hurting me. Let go. And he's over there. But the way he's making his face is like, ah. And the whole, the whole showgirl, if this was post-show, if this was, be- if we lived in a world where showgirls didn't exist, I wouldn't have had these thoughts. Or it should be anything associated with Paul Verhoeven, because then you can go back to that RoboCop thing of him <laughs> and doing that. Right. So like I see that, that when he's like, ah, she's running away. And I'm, like, I'm just seeing him, picturing him saying, I'm sorry. It never happened to me like this before. You're so pretty. You know? And so <laughs> Poor kid poor kid you know growing up a teen is tough enough but then you throw in psychic visions when you're getting I'm, I'm ready killing to be intimate. people right uh and it culminates in him talking to this to, to the point where the psychiatrist is like i'm having a feeling that you were the killer and you're here to kill and me it was really funny because again spoiler for a 22 year old film but the second that he got impaled i was like oh yeah he's not gonna, he's done yeah, yeah. That's, and then when the, the elevator was kind of like uh I watched uh, for the first time recently. I thought I'd watched it on HBO back in the day, but uh, Brian De Palma's Dressed to Kill, which actually has a uh, similar scene in a way. And I argued that Dressed to Kill is kind of De Palma's Jallo. Uh-huh. Uh, there is a lot of v- blue hues in this segment, but that uh, elevator scene kind of similar to what we initially got with in Dressed to Kill. There's a very uh, famous one with Angie Dickinson in it. Have you, been, have you ever seen Dress to Kill? No, I've seen that, but I know the elevator scene you're talking about. Yeah, yeah. Now it's it's, it's better than the elevator scene in uh, 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 Pieces. <laughs> Something uh, about that 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 time period. Uh, just it, it works. It works. Mm-hmm. Needless to say, though, uh, we get the final. Actually, and again, it it doesn't end well. No, it it ends just very sadly. The, everything ends. Everything ends dour ba- in yeah. this movie for his being as like. I'm not saying chipper because it is a mean spirited movie, well, that's but it's just, funny. Well, it has. The the second and third segments, I think, have well, no, the second segment has the most energy, mm-hmm. I think, but then the first and third are kind of the counterbalances in terms of the storytelling, where they're a little bit slower. Then it ends in mad capery. Then it just ends in wackiness and goofiness and chaos. It reminded me of that shot in the um, Dawn of the Dead remake. Yep, when she's walking away and there's and then chaos all over around her, and then I the love drive that out chaos. Although there's still more animal violence in the chaos. So was this their homage to either like uh, Motel Hell or, uh, you know, Dead Alive potentially? Because what you have, I almost feel bad describing it, but it's so ridiculous and cartoonish is you've got a cat buried up to its head and you've got a guy coming at it with a lawnmower Mm -hmm. and you it happens off screen, but. It occurs, and but you don't ever see the cat's face. No, it, you just, it's the back of the head. It's the back of the head, and you just and then you see the guy going ha, 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 ha. And so I'm like, is this one of like the story, like it was the cat type thing, or like is he gone bonkers? And then it doesn't, but it happens, and it just explains. And, and then everything else is happening. You see the monkey comes Monk back. Monkey comes back and starts fighting. John Ritter's like, fucking make me a deal. So it should be stated. You never find out what's really going on behind the scenes in terms of him as the realtor, because the whole wraparound is him being pressured to sell one of these three houses. Otherwise, he's not going to win his quota. Is what, and 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 they, because there's great incentives, but there's also consequences. It's very ambiguous and vague for the most part, because I was thinking maybe he was part of some weird like demonic thing you know where you have to sell a murder house or i even mentioned i was like is this family been kidnapped or something but it's never really foretold and i don't need it to because again it just it ends badly for everybody it's everybody unreal mm-hmm. but i had fun with the movie yeah and because the mass scenes of chaos you see people like you see it's, wives with like the big fake curlers and they're running out and they're shooting people in the dome and i think the perfect way to end the movie and close out this month actually is the lady with the cigarette in her mouth herald up the dude's leg out of the sticking down she's just waving, waving goodbye by. like thanks for visiting and that's kind of perfect for us you know visiting the suburbs, the suburbs and, and not sticking around just knowing i'm good in the city again but honestly though all we got to worry about is chuds i'm good with a chud i'll take my chances with a chud. right i can just stay i can stay away from chuds you never know when random suburban monkey attacks are gonna happen <laughs> 
Oh my goodness! So thank you for introducing me to this one. Yeah, I'm this glad one, you enjoyed it. I really did. Now, I, it was a good rewatch. Especially well, since I haven't seen it probably since 2000. Yeah. Well, honestly, the last two movies I think we closed out with definitely won't be for everyone. I think with this David, one ain't gonna be for everyone. That's just it. With David Lynch, it's kind of obvious why. But with this one, because of the trauma involved. Mm-hmm. But if you can get through that. There's an interesting little anthology there, so I'm glad to have seen this. So, yeah. 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 Thanks to Genius McGee, I can now truthfully say I've seen that. <laughs> so, that being said, here in the month of August, we actually have another theme coming up. Mm-hmm. Really excited for this one, not only on the main feed episodes in terms of our what we're going to be talking about, the movies. I have a few guests lined up, actually. Uh, have to put on our finest. Uh, Society-esque clothes for one of them. Ooh. Dressed and fancy. But more importantly, our commentary track that we're going to be talking in the month of August as well. Let's just say he's. it's going to scare the hell out of you. Yes. Yes. <laughs> so until that time, this is Greg D. I'm Genius McGee. And we'll see you in your dreams. Suburban.